You're listening to the sermon podcast of Mountain View Church. Whether you're here catching up on last week's message or digging through a past series, we're so grateful you've tuned in today. Our prayer is the next 30 to 40 minutes helps you become a more whole follower of Jesus. If you're local and would like to join us, we'd love to see you this Sunday. For those who can't make it in person, services are also streamed on Facebook and YouTube. All the information about service times, what we have for kids, and much more can be found on our website, almsville.church. Now, let's open our hearts and minds to today's message. Betsy, Pastor Betsy. Welcome, Pastor Uh, Betsy. Thank you. Well, I don't know what happened to you guys this morning, but when I woke up this morning, my body woke up and my brain was like, five more minutes, just five more minutes. It could have actually used more than that, like an hour, right? But five more minutes would have been better than the five less. All right, so as Pastor Mike said, I'm Betsy. I'm the Youth and Community Life Pastor here at Mountain View Church. And this week we're starting off a new series called How to Neighbor. Um, I don't know what happens in your heads when you hear somebody talking about being a neighbor. But in my head it says, well, she be my neighbor. Right? Right? Um, Yes, there's a reason I'm not on the worship team. (laughs) Do my best. Um, So as we were... As we were preparing for the series, I started looking at some Mr. Rogers videos, started checking them out. If you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, go on YouTube, check him out. He's a super cool dude who taught a lot of really good, awesome lessons that we still all need to learn and can learn today. Um, He's still teaching all of us today. Um, He's got great words of wisdom. So as I was watching those videos, one that I came across was Mr. Rogers at um, an award ceremony at the Emmys, actually receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. And as only Mr. Rogers can do, he took an award that was about himself and turned it into being about all of those people around him, because that's just what he did. And so what he did as he was um, accepting that award was he said, I want each of you to just take a moment, take 10 seconds, And he said he'd watch the time, and because it's Mr. Rogers, you know it was only 10 seconds, and exactly 10 seconds, to think about somebody, some people, who had made a difference in your life. And so I want to invite you to do that with me this morning. Take just a few seconds and think about some people who have made a difference in your life. And now I want you to think about where you met them. Just take a second and think about all those people and think about where it was that you met them. So now there are probably several people that come to mind. I know there are for me as well. Uh, There's several people who come to mind when I think about people who have made a difference in my life. And you probably could think of more if we gave you more time. Um, But now I want to get even more specific than that. And I want to invite you to think about where you were and who it was that talked to you about Jesus for the first time. Who was that person and where were you when that happened? I remember that person and I remember where I was. I can still visualize it clearly. It was sitting next to a tree 
at a park at a soccer practice for one of my kids. And another mom walked up to me, um, asked me to sign up for something, and I said something sarcastic and dry, and I was joking, and she caught my joke. She understood it. Uh, and so that caught my attention right away. I knew that there was something different and something special that made me want to get to know this person more. And so I, I was introduced to Jesus when I was a little girl, but it wasn't until I became an adult, was married, and had all four of my children before it really stuck and before it made a difference in my life. And this person at the park was the person who did that for me. And it was at a park uh, where I met her and so where I got to start to get to know Jesus again uh, in a way that would change my life. But then a couple of years into my walk, I began to feel discontent. Like I just, I was like, okay, I've read the Bible. I've learned things. I'm ready to do some more stuff. Um, I want to do some more work. I had begun to hear about some faraway places, mission trips uh, that people would go on where they would go and build churches, orphanages or churches or schools, uh, or where they would um, just teach about Jesus and his love for each of the, the people. And I wanted to go. I wanted to go to all of the places. I wanted to do all of the things. And I, there was also a group of ladies that I joined a time or two who were praying about what it would look like to go into the local strip club and to minister to the, to the female strippers who were there. Like, what would that look like, and how does God want us to go about doing that? And I wanted in on that, too. I wanted to do all of those things. I wanted to do all of those things. And so um, <clears throat> the only thing was is that um, I was married, and I had four kids at home. <laughs> Not to mention I was, uh, I was taking college classes and working part-time. So I had loads of free time to do all of the things I really wanted to do. <laughs> but I began holding this basket up to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to go to these places. I want to share your love with everybody, everywhere. God, I know there are places that have never heard your name, and I want to go to those places, and I want to speak your name, and I want to show them your love. Just let me go, Lord. Just show me where you want me to go, what you want me to do. I am willing I am willing, just show me. And so I would pray, I would pray and I would ask God to show me. Show me and I will go, I will do these things. And I would go home and we would do school pickup, we'd do homework, um, bedtime routine, dinner, all of those things. And then I would do my homework. And then we'd get up in the morning and we would do the morning routine and go through the day. And I'd come back to this basket again and I would say, okay, God, I'm still waiting I'm your willing servant. I will go anywhere. I will do anything. Just show me. Show me what it is. I'm willing to go. And so I just kept waiting, and I kept looking at this basket going, Lord, what is it? And I would go home, and I would do all those things all over again, and I would come back to this basket, and I would say, still empty, Lord. There's still nothing in there. Is there something that I'm not doing right? Is there something in my life that's not right that's causing you to not give me something to do? There's something in my heart, in my mind. Show me. I will fix it. I will do the work. I just want to go. I want to do the things that you have for me. I'm desperate for it, Lord. I'm willing. And then a funny thing started to happen. As I would go home and I would spend time with my husband and my kids. And the issue was never that I didn't love and adore my family. I do. I have some really awesome people in my home. You get to know them. They're lots of fun. They're even funnier than I am, okay? 
I will tell you that. Um, and so, and I'm pretty funny, okay, just for the record. I need it stated. It is now on YouTube. Everybody at home, you heard it. I'm funny, okay? I'm claiming it. So those funny things started to happen as I was at home and as I was um, with my husband and my children. God started to turn my eyes and helped me to see there's something else. There's another basket. So I was busy looking at this. I was so focused on this and the things that I wanted to do. But then God started to turn my eyes and he said, look, I have this for you. He said, this is what I have for you. I have your husband, Michael, and Blake, and Sydney, and Mason, and Austin, my kids. And at work, I've got Lori, and Don, and Yumi, and my Andrea Schmoop, because I'm her Betsy Boop, and Harriet, and Justine, and Rachel, and another Sarah, and Kelly, and Kelly, and um, Carolyn, and Kim. And uh, then at church, I've got Jill, and Robin, and Gary, and John, and Linda, and Marty, and Kim, and Jen. And here, here in this place, I've got Mike, and Cassie, and Aiden, and Addison, and Audrey, and I've got, I've got Cherie, and Aaron, and I've got Amanda, and the list goes on. Because there's so many more of you in this room, all of you in this room, who belong in this basket, this basket that God has given me, these people that he has given to me. I didn't need to go anywhere but to the places that I already was. God had all these people and all these amazing stories and beautiful people and their beautiful stories. Right here, right where I was all this time, I didn't have to go anywhere. God had a basket for me that was overflowing and once he helped me to see it, I was all in. I was able to embrace it. Acts 17, 24 through 26 says this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. God marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God had marked out my appointed time in history, and he had appointed my boundaries of lands, of my lands. God had a basket for me. He had a place appointed for me in a time. He has one for each of you, too. Um, where we are isn't an accident. The people that we run into, the people that we have in our lives are not by accident either. God marked out your appointed time in history and the boundaries of your lands. So what does it look like to embrace your place and your boundaries in history? Well, John 4, 4 through 7 says this. Now he, he is Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to, the, to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Did that woman have to go searching for Jesus 
Did she have to go looking for him? And where did Jesus meet that woman? Where did Jesus meet her? Jesus met me at a park, and he met this woman at a well. John 5, 1 through 9 says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem neither sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, in which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had, had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once a man was, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Did that man have to go searching for Jesus? Did he have to go searching for Jesus? And where did this man meet Jesus? Where did Jesus meet him? Jesus met me at a park. He met a woman at a well. And he met this man at a pool. Mark 5, 1 through 3. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Did that man have to go searching for Jesus? Where did Jesus meet him? Jesus met me at a park at a soccer practice. He met the woman at a well. He met a man at a gate where he was waiting to be carried into the water, hoping to be healed. He met another man at, some, at, a tombs, at some tombs. They didn't have to wait until they got to church. They didn't have to wait until they went to a worship night or a healing service. Jesus met them right where they were. Everywhere that Jesus went, he embraced the place that he was, and he embraced the people who were around him. Jesus wasn't holding up an empty basket asking for God to fill it because he understood that, that God already had a full basket for him. He understood the thing that it took me a little bit longer to learn, that God already has a basket. He has a place in people. So one of the people in this basket for me um, that I think of from time to time is this guy that my husband and I met outside of Kohl's one time. Um, <clears throat> we were walking. My husband and I were walking in, and he was walking out, and so we kind of met in the crosswalk. We eventually were able to get up onto the sidewalk, so don't worry. We were safe. We were not in the road. And so we stood there, and this man thought that he had recognized me from somewhere, which I didn't know who he was. Um, but then he stood there, and he continued then to tell me all these things that he was celebrating in his family. He shared with me these great things that were happening in his family, this great stuff about some good friends. And he talked to us as though he had known us, like, our whole lives. I had no idea. So we celebrated with him. And then when he shared some stuff about some harder things in his life, we were like, oh, that's really tough. We're so sorry to hear that. And so for 15 to 20 minutes, we just stood outside of Coles. And we just listened to this, to this guy, to this gentleman. And as we walked away, Michael leaned in and he was like, who is that guy? I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea who he was. I have no idea. I've never seen him before and we've never seen him again. But in that moment, uh, we just listened. We just embraced the place where we were 
and we embraced the person standing in front of us, and we just cared for him. We just cared for him. God marked out my appointed times in history and the boundaries of my lands. It's not by accident. With each encounter, with each story, with each step that I take, um, I'm also being shaped and molded to be more like Jesus by each of the people that I get to know and have in my life. One person that I met at a previous job, one of my beautiful people in this beautiful basket, um, she's taught me and challenged me and helped me to love people better. Uh, she and I don't have the same, we don't pull our values from the same places. Uh, she was really hurt by church when she was younger, and so she, she has a really hard time with those things. And so, honestly, the first time I met, we met each other. She intimidated me. She, she was very serious looking. Um, and I'm not so sure that she really liked me either because I, she knew that I was a Christian. And so she didn't, I, she didn't like me right away. But then we began to have these conversations, and we figured out that she would listen, I would listen to her when she would share things. And she would listen to me when I would share things as well. It doesn't mean that we always agreed on those, but I was able to learn from her. I was able to learn from her. For instance, on Wednesday nights, we have students fill out a little sheet of paper, especially when they're new, um, that gives us information on how to, like if there's ever an emergency or something, who to contact and all those kinds of things. And I learned years ago that you should never assume, assume somebody's gender based on a name. Learned that a hard way, it was very embarrassing. And so one of the questions that we ask is, uh, is if you're male or female. And sometimes uh, people, the students will write in something different instead of checking one of those boxes. Most of the time I understand what those terms are that they use and so I, I understand. Um, and I don't have any questions about that. Um, it does help me to love them better. Uh, but one time I had a student write in something that I had never seen before, and Google was no help in this one either. And so I was just really confused about what it meant, and I was concerned, honestly, too, a little bit. And so I called this friend up, this friend who, um, who she and I have very different values, but because of our relationship, because of the trust that we've built, she knows and understands that I just want to love this student better. She knows that, and she knew that I just wanted to understand what the student might be experiencing. And because she has experience with something like that in her life, I knew that she was a person that I could call and I could say, I don't know what to do with this. Can you help me? She helps me to love our students better. She has helped me to learn a different perspective and to understand something that I've never personally experienced myself, but that she has and so she's helped me to be a better person. I embraced my place. I embraced where God put me. And I, I'm a better person for it. Because I've embraced those people who are around me. So you might be thinking, super great. Not so easy for me. Um, I get it. Uh, it's not always easy for me either. I'm sharing with you some of the easy stories. But there have been times where I've run into people who aren't so easy to love or people that God has completely just wrecked me over. And so I have those stories too. I have those stories as well. Um, we aren't the first person to have the, the first generation or the first people in history to have those kinds of problems, to have tough people come into our lives. Um, in Acts 16, we find Paul and Silas in prison, actually. 
Uh, let's take a look at Acts 16 together. So at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing, singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So here are Paul and Silas in prison, and what do we find them doing? They're praying and singing, singing hymns of praise. I don't know if I would be singing hymns of praise if I found myself in prison all of a sudden. They, uh, they had embraced where God had put them, even though it was, it was a tough spot, even though it was a hard place to be. And they could have easily ran and gotten away, escaped, when the doors flew open and the chains fell off. But they stayed because they didn't feel like God had told them that they could move just yet. They stayed and they, they continued to embrace their place. They continued to re, uh, stay in this place. And then the jailer asked, what must I do to be saved? What must I do be, to be saved? God marked out their appointed times in history in the boundaries of their lands. And God has marked out your appointed times in history in the boundaries of your lands. So how do we embrace our place? That's a great question. I'm so glad you guys asked. You guys are always asking the right questions at the right times. Good job. Even on daylight savings time. Okay, so number one is pray. Pray. It sounds super simple. Um, something that I don't want you guys to miss in each of these stories that I shared is that before Jesus went to spend time with people, he went away to be with the Father. And after he spent time with people, he went away to be with the Father. And to be, to go, when, he's, when it says he went away to be with the Father, that's code for he went away to pray. Jesus went away to pray. And as I, my eyes were opened to see the beautiful people and places that God had in front of me while I was looking other places, it was because I was praying and I was asking God, show me, show me. And so he did that. He opened my eyes and he helped me to see. And each of these stories um, that are in here and all the other ones, uh, there's hours and hours and years and years of, of just prayer covering lives. And I still think of that guy from Coles. I still think of the guy who my daughter and I just ran into while we were out on a walk the other day. And I still wonder how his life is. And I still pray for him. These stories stay with me. I still pray. And so these things are bathed in prayer. One of the prayers that I pray regularly is that God would help me to love each person that comes into my path. Because my love is flawed. My love is flawed, but God's isn't. And so when I run into people, whether they're easy to love or whether they're the harder ones to love, um, I know that God's, God will meet me in that and he will help me to stay present and to love on them. I know that God will do it. So here's the thing that I want you guys to know is that crazy things happen when we pray. Crazy things happen when we pray. I heard the story once about a woman who was praying and she said, Lord, I will do anything for you. Just tell me and I will do it. And so God brought her to a little store. And so she was so excited to go in and to see what it is 
that he had for her. So she goes in to the store where God had led her, and she says, all right, Lord, now what do you want me to do? And then God says, I want you to go stand in front of the clerk and, and do a handstand, do a handstand, like stand on your head in front of the clerk. And she was like, all right. So she walked around the store, this little store, <clears throat> as she gathered up courage, because I would need to do that, right? I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys are all about the handstands, the headstands. <laughs> um, so as she walked around the store, this little store, uh, looked very interested in some chips for a little while. She's very interested in some chips, waiting for the store to empty out and working up her courage. And so when the store kind of emptied out and she had finally worked up enough courage, she went up in front of the clerk and she said, look what I can do. And she stood on her head. And she, she noticed that the clerk he just kind of shook his head and turned away. And so when she got up, she was like, great, this guy thinks I'm crazy, um, which some of us might think that too, except here's what happened. So when she walked up to the clerk, she said, um, she said, are you okay? She noticed that he was crying, and she said, are you okay? And he said, not, he said, just a half hour ago, I was praying, and I asked God. He said, if you're real, send someone in here and have them stand on their head. <laughs> yeah. We laugh at that, but this person was so desperate, and he needed to know so much that, some, that God was real, that he was really specific about what he wanted and how he was going to prove it. He wanted proof. She embraced her place. And then a person who once doubted knew without a doubt that God was real. Because when you pray a prayer like that, and then a half hour later it happens, how do you walk away not knowing that God is real? Right? He marked out her appointed time in history and the boundaries of her lands. Number two, listen. Listen like judgment, or listen without judgment like judgment, without judgment. Um, and like me, maybe you learn something new. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that the person is sharing with, with you, but you might learn something new. You just might learn a different perspective. You just never know. Um, I understand that listening can be really hard. I understand that listening can be really hard. But I have good news for you guys. You ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, thank you. You guys are making me work for it this morning. Okay, I'm glad you're ready. Listening is something that can be learned. Just like playing basketball, reading, learning a new language, whatever it might be, listening can be learned. It's a skill that can be learned. You just have to practice. You have to practice. <clears throat> when people... Uh, feel unheard. Oh, so listening involves two things, hearing the words, so listening to what somebody is saying to you, and then really being able to have a conversation with them, and so hearing what they're saying, so not thinking about how you're going to respond as they're sharing the things with you, but responding after they have said all of the things, and then responding to them. And then the other one is um, asking questions to show interest in that person. Ask them questions to show interest in them. Um, when people feel unheard and unknown, they feel unloved. But when we listen, we make people feel known, and then they feel loved. I'm going to say, say that one more time. When people feel unheard, they feel unknown, and then they feel unloved. And when people, when you listen to someone, they feel known, 
and then they feel loved. That's really important. That's really important. It's just as simple as that listening can make a person feel loved. So here are some good listening questions to ask. Where did you grow up? This is an easy one, right? Uh, what's your favorite, you can fill in the blank, team, sport, dessert, restaurant, food. I'm all about the food. <clears throat> music, it could be music. Uh, and what do you like to do in your free time? And for any of those who say, I don't have free time, you can say, what would you like to do in your free time if you had it? Right? That's a fair one. So how do you embrace your place? Everyone pray. Pray. Pray about where God has placed you. Help him, ask him to help you to see where those places are. Uh, it could be the gym. It could be the grocery store, outside of the Coles, uh, at home, at work. It could be in the church. Um, number two, listen. Listen. Listen to the people that you're communicating with. Um, listen for God's leading and, and who he might want for you to interact with or to pay attention to. As we're rushing through our days, sometimes we just need God to, to help us say, listen. So these will just get you started, but just be genuinely curious about the person in front of you. Uh, and I should also mention that introducing yourself is never a bad thing. Maybe asking them their name if it's appropriate. Uh, Jesus met me in a park. He met a woman at a well. He met a guy at a gate, another one at a tomb. And another he met in a little store because a woman was brave enough to stand on her head. Acts 17, 24 through 26 says this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God marked out your appointed time in history and the boundaries of your lands. God has a place for you and a people for you. So some of you may have noticed a giant map outside of the nursery. It's super cool. Um, there's, there's a map out there. What we're asking for you to do during the series is to stop by that and have just one person from your household take one of those little pins and put on that map where it is that you live. So that way we can be partnering with you in prayer as you guys are reaching out to those people around you where God has placed you. And so make sure you have just one person stop by from your family um, and do that for us so we can be praying for you. Um, this week I want to challenge you to pray and ask God to show you where are the lands that God has placed you, and who are the people that God has placed around you? Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you go before us, Father, that you have already prepared the places and the people that you have for us to embrace. Father, I ask that you would help us to have the eyes and the ears and the heart to listen and to know, to hear, to recognize when you want us to pause in the busyness of our day and to just pay attention to those people who are around us. God, help us to learn to be really good listeners and to ask really good questions, Father, that we would help people to feel loved and known, God, that that would be our superpower, Lord, because that's what you did for us. And so I ask that you would just fill us with that. God, help us to see uh, 
really clearly as we go through this week, God, and to intentionally think about who those people are and where those places are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Betsy. So one of the one of the things I want to challenge you with, really this whole series, this is a perfect little illustration. Maybe this is going to be seared into your brain, right, for the next several weeks. Um, like, like who who's already in your basket, right? Like who, like is it, you know, your next door neighbor, um, your coworkers, those of you who are still in school, right, your classmates, the kids that you see every day, um, your teacher even, um, your friends and your family, like, especially as we, as we move towards Easter, um, who has God put in your path? Who has he put in your basket to start, like, just go there, invest in that relationship? Um, not, to, not to hand them a track or a piece of paper or just slip them a Bible and run away quickly, you know, uh, but as Betsy said, to, to pray for them, to invest in them, to listen to them. And then watch the opportunities that God begins to put in front of you to have some of those conversations, some of the, to be able to go there, share your story. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Um, maybe the person that you would invite to Easter is already in your basket, um, and, and God's going to put them in your path these next few weeks. So um, we're going to have some invite cards. I want, you to, I want you to be thinking about that. And then uh, as you're thinking about the map out there, too, part of why I'm hoping to do this is over the next or over the last couple of years, a lot has changed in our church, right? A lot of new faces, a lot of new people, and a lot of new places. And part of what I'm interested in finding out is where has God put Mountain View Church? Um, the building is on the corner of First and Main in Almsville, but the building isn't the church. You and I, we, the collected people of God, we're the church. And I got a feeling that Mountain View Church has a presence a lot bigger than you think. Uh, that from as far north as I think Oregon City to Lebanon and south, further, like, I think you're going to be surprised to find out, wow, like, Mountain View is a lot of places. And w- what what might that mean? And and some of us might think, well, I don't think there's anybody in our church that lives anywhere near me. And you might be shocked to find out, actually, there's like 10 little pins on this little circle right here. I had no idea. So um, when you get a second to do that, we're going to leave that up uh, the whole series, the next four weeks all the way up till Easter. So um, if you don't get to it today, that, that's okay. But just, yeah, as Bitsy was saying, one, one pin per household. Um, I would recommend the adults do the pinning. I tried to put on as high a table as I could find, but you know your children, okay? Keep the monkeys away. Um, and then make sure you take a second to look because there's, there's like the circles that have been uh, you know, magnified, and you might, like, if you're in Almsville or, or uh, State or Turner or South Salem, you might be able to find exactly on the map. If you're not in one of those circles, it's not because we don't love you. It's because we only had some choices we had to make. Then you can look at the bigger map and just put, you know, like, if you live in Gates, hi, Shelly, um, you just got to put it on Gates, okay? We didn't blow up Gates uh, on the map, right? So it's not that we don't love you. It's just we had to make some choices on that. So uh, but take your time and kind of figure out how you want to pin that, and um, I'm excited to see what God will do that with this. But let me, let me pray one more time for us, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Father God, thanks for your presence in this place with us this morning, um, but you go with us. You've been, you've been talking to me this week about uh, this moment as being too often it's, a, it's like a closing, when in reality it should be ascending. It's your people 
leaving having been filled with your word and your presence and challenged by you and inspired by you. And now we go in your name to the places that you've put us to be your light and to be your salt. Um, and as Betsy challenged us today, to, to pray and to listen and to invest where you have us, Lord. So I pray that you would help us by your spirit to do that well this week. We pray this in your name. Amen.